This is not the small print of the gospel. This is not some hidden message in scripture. Jesus made it very clear that a decision to follow was a decision to die, to surrender everything to him. And so Jesus turns to the crowd and he turns to you and me and he asks the one question that will ultimately define our lives. Are you a fan or a follower? summer I was pulling into my driveway at home and I noticed across the street in my neighbor's house seven neighborhood kids had set up a lemonade stand and so I thought you know having been a young entrepreneur myself I'm going to go over and I'm going to try to support them in any way I can by buying a cool refreshing glass of lemonade from them well turns out it really wasn't a glass of lemonade it was a little Dixie cup and it cost me a quarter now even if you weren't good at math in school you probably realized that seven kids you know, and a quarter that they're charging, they weren't going to get rich in this little endeavor that they had going on here. They were just having fun with the business. They were sort of dabbling in what it would be like to have a business. And my natural instinct was to set them all down and like teach them economics and try to like give them a business plan and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, no, I'm just going to let them continue to have fun. But it reminded me back to when I was just a kid, because as many of you know, when I was uh, eight years old, I got a magic book at the book fair at school. And that started a lifelong love of the uh, of the art of magic. And basically, I continued to do that hobby for the next eight years or so. I found out there was a magic shop in the town where I grew up. And so a couple times a year, my mom would take me to the magic shop and I would buy something and basically be able to use it to entertain my friends and stuff. Well, when I was 16, then my dad said, it's time for you to get a job. And I didn't want to get a job flipping burgers like the rest of my friends. So I was like looking around, looking around. And I just happened to be at the magic shop and saw a sign that said help wanted. And so I applied for the job and I interviewed for it and got it. And immediately I was taken under the wing of two professional magicians. The one owned the shop, Larry. The other guy, Steve, he was also a professional magician. Not only did they work there at the shop, but they traveled all around the country performing and doing shows. And it was such a great learning experience. And my thought was, okay, once the summer's done here, I'm going to play uh, soccer, you know, this fall for my high school. Well, I had such a great time doing all this that when fall rolled around, I decided, you know what, no, I'm going to actually just not play soccer. I'm going to continue doing this magic thing. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. Now, I knew that once spring rolled around, though, that I would definitely quit that job because baseball. Baseball is my big love. It was the sport that I was the best at. Definitely would be quitting by then. However, here's what happened. Throughout the rest of the fall and then into the winter and then into the early spring, I kept learning and growing and doing more and more stuff. And I started to do shows myself. You know, they were saying, here's shows that are sort of beneath us. Here's some shows you can do. So now I'm starting to travel a little bit and I'm doing shows and actually doing magic. You can make quite a bit of good money doing that. And so here I am as a 16 year old, I'm making money and I've actually got this like little business going now. I've got, like, responsibility. I've gone from a slacker 15-year-old to now I've got, like, spreadsheets, and I've got to keep a schedule, and I've got a bank account, and I've got budgets, and I've got all this kind of stuff. So it's gone from being a hobby into actually, like, a little business, and it was becoming, you know, pretty serious. Well, once baseball season got there, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because I started to realize I'm probably not going to be a professional baseball player. 
But there was actually the potential for magic to be a career for me. And the big question was, could this be a career? And am I willing to sacrifice the thing that I really, really love, which is baseball, for it? In other words, I had to think, is this just a hobby that I'm going to continue to dabble in? Or is this something that I should take really, really serious and make a career out of it? Well, as some of you know, I decided to go all in. I said, I'm giving it 100%, and I decided I was going to make a career out of it. And that's what I did for the next 11 years until God called me to be a pastor. That's what I was. I was a professional magician and, and traveled around and was able to do a lot of neat stuff with that. But I want you to notice there, there, there was a big difference between, okay, was it going to be something that I was just sort of playing around with and, and just dabbling in, or was I going to take it really really seriously. Now, maybe some of you have had something like that in your life where you're like, okay, I've got this little hobby that I'm doing that, you know, it's become a little bit more serious and maybe I can make a career out of it. Maybe you've had that experience, maybe you've not. But all of us, I think, have had something that's sort of similar. Another experience, and this has to do more with dating relationships where you have an important decision that you have to make. To explain it more, take a look at this video. DTR. Some of you will recognize what those letters stand for. If you're not sure, let me help you out. If you are a young man in a relationship with a young woman, then uh, chances are these letters are enough to strike fear into your heart. You may run away from, postpone, you may dread the DTR talk. Some young men will even terminate a relationship if they feel like the DTR talk is imminent. It is that official talk that takes place in every romantic relationship. Do you know what it stands for, DTR? Define the relationship. You sit down and you decide where things are going. Have things moved from casual to committed? I remember this uh, date I went on in high school on the very first date the girl tried to have the DTR talk with me. First date, DTR. I got out of their PDQ. I just ran away. All right, now the, the guy in the video there, his name is Kyle Eidelman. Can we get the lights on, please? The uh, guy's name is Kyle Eidelman, and he wrote a great book back in 2011 called Not a Fan, and that's what we're uh, basing this series off of is this particular book that he wrote. Basically, the gist of the book is this, that all of us at some point in life have to have the DTR, the define the relationship talk with Jesus, where you have to decide, all right, is this something I'm going to take really, really seriously? Or is this, you know, something that I'm just going to sort of let go by the wayside here? And so what we're going to do over the next six weeks is look at how do you define the relationship with Jesus? When Jesus said that he wanted followers, what did he mean by that? And so not only are you going to hear about this on Sunday mornings, but then we've also put together some devotionals for you. That each day you're going to have an opportunity to, to sort of read and, and sort of pray about and define the relationship all day long with Jesus to see exactly where you're at. And then also via video in your life groups, Kyle will be there, and he's going to further unpack this for you. So if you're not in the life group, again, we're encouraging everyone, at least for these six weeks, get into one of these life groups, hear what Kyle has to say, and see where am I when it comes to my relationship with Christ. 
Now, Jesus actually had a, a really good uh, definition of what it means to be one of his followers. And it's a, a verse that I think that all of us need to, uh, to look at at some point in life. And I, I would encourage you to actually memorize this. It's found in Luke 9, verse 23. Jesus says this. And by the way, if you uh, have the new app there today, the Version app, uh, you can follow along there. You can follow along in your program the uh, scriptures will be there. They'll be on the uh, screens for you as well. But if you don't have the Version app, download the Version app, and then just look up Exponential Church or use one of the Harrisburg zip codes, and you can follow along there. So again, I'd encourage you to actually memorize this particular scripture, Luke 9.23, where Jesus says this, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Now, for some of you having this, this DTR talk with Jesus, this is actually going to be quite exciting for you because you're like, you know what, I've just sort of been casual in my relationship with Jesus and I'm ready to take it to the next level. I'm ready to be committed. I'm ready to be truly devoted to him. I don't want to hold back anymore. I want him to know exactly where I'm at. Now, for others of you, this particular scripture scares you to death because for you... It's like, man, if that's what it means to be a follower, I'm not sure I'm ready for that because I sort of like where I'm at with Jesus right now. We sort of have this little like fling going on, you know, it's this casual thing. It's very comfortable, you know, it's very convenient for me. I don't know that I want to take it to another level, but yet that's exactly what Jesus wants. You know, he doesn't want the arrangement that you have. Where you think, well, this Jesus, he's a pretty nice guy, and I like hanging out at his house, you know, on Sundays, and I like, you know, some of his friends and and things like that, but man, I don't want to take it any deeper than that. But listen, Jesus doesn't want to just be friends. Jesus wants an intimate relationship with you, and that's why he wants to have this DTR, this define the relationship talk, because if in the back of your mind you're saying, you know what, Jesus, it, it's really, it's, it's not you, it's me. You know, I, I, I just don't want it to go any further than this. Number one, he knows that. But then number two, you've got to be honest about that with him. You, you can't just like continue just to have this casual relationship with him. You know, I remember the uh, girl I was dating right before I started dating Lisa, uh, we were getting to the point where we had to have the DTR, all right? We hadn't actually had it, but yet we were starting to have some of those types of conversations. I think I realized before she did that this wasn't going anywhere, and it was time to dump her, but it was Christmas time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, you know, it's early December. You can't dump somebody, like, right before Christmas. But then I was like, no. If the relationship isn't going anywhere, why just hold on to it? It's better to be honest about where you're at in your relationship now. When you have the DTR, either you let the relationship go or you take it to a next level. You don't just sort of hang out in limbo land. And see, again, this is exactly what Jesus wants from you. He, he wants to, to have this intimate relationship with you. And he doesn't want it just to be something that's casual for you. Here's another way to think about it. And again, this is sort of the gist of the whole series. Jesus wants to know, are you going to be a fan? Or are you going to be a follower? 
And there, there's a huge difference. A fan or are you going to be a follower? Now, I know as you think about that, you probably jump to the conclusion that, well, I'm a, I'm a follower because, you know, I, I prayed a prayer. I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I'm a Christian. So that automatically makes me a follower, right? And the answer to that is no. It may mean that you have gotten saved, but being a follower is deeper than that. And, and Jesus wasn't interested in fans in his day. And he isn't interested in fans in this day. He only desires followers. And so, again, that's what we're going to take these next six weeks to look at is what is the difference between a fan and a follower? So let's define this as we start there on your outline. The word fan is defined as an enthusiastic admirer. How many of you are sports fans? See a raise of hands? Sports fans? Okay, a lot of you are sports fans. Man, when, when you're in the sports... You, like, cheer for your team, right? You, like, throw things at the TV when things aren't going well, and you're yelling and screaming, and you're, you're cheering. You know all the stats, and you know the schedule of your team, and you may have, like, a T-shirt, or you have a jersey that lets other people know that this is the team that I'm cheering for. And, man, when things are going well, you have, like, just high praise for the coach and for the players. And when things aren't going well, man, you're, again, you're yelling at the TV, and you're talking to your friends about, man, we just didn't play well. Like you're actually a part of the team or something, right? And, and you have all this like critique of the team and, and everything. And you know, there's nothing really wrong with that. My concern though is when we start to bring that over into our relationship with Jesus. Where, you know, we show up on Sunday mornings here at Exponential and maybe, you know, we have an Exponential t-shirt that we wear occasionally and, and we know when to cheer and we know when to clap, you know, at the end of the songs, man. Okay, we're going to clap now. And you just know that that's what you do. And, you know, maybe you can look up scriptures faster than the person sitting next to you. And, you know, on the way home, you critique the sermon. And you give the music selection that day a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Oh, man, I really like that new song they did today. Thumbs up to that. And so you know all the stuff, and you're a fan of Jesus, and you're a fan of the church, and you know the things, but yet you're not really a follower. It's very just sort of superficial where you're at in your relationship with him. Again, you, you've become a fan Jesus isn't interested in fans. Jesus wants followers. You know, what's interesting is you read through the Gospels, Jesus has these huge crowds that are following him. And you may say that he had a, a, lot, of, a lot of fans. And, and what's fascinating is Jesus over and over and over again, he isn't concerned about big crowds. He's concerned about are you truly following or not? And he actually says a lot of things that drives people away from him. We would think that if you have a big crowd, you're going to say things that would have people come back. But instead, he defines the relationship. He says, look, are you a fan or are you a follower? One such example of this is found in Luke chapter 6. It's there that we find Jesus. Actually, it's John chapter 6. And it's there that we find him, again, defining the relationship. And as you define the relationship, there, there's three things that I want you to do. Three questions that I want you to ask yourself 
this week. The first one is this. Why am I here today? Ask yourself, why am I here today? Again, as you read through the Gospels, Jesus just keeps drawing a line in the sand. Why are you here today? And again, in John chapter 6, we, we find that there's this huge crowd that's been following Jesus. And just to give you some context, this is at the height of Jesus' popularity. There is no one more popular in that day and time than, than Jesus. The big crowds are following him because, you know, he's doing all these miracles. People are seeing people get healed, and, and he's feeding thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And in John 6, 2, we read this. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw the miracles that he was performing. Notice the key word there, because. Huge crowds are following, not because they wanted to have a relationship with Jesus, not because they wanted to, to get to know him better. No, they were following him because of the miracles he was performing. And all of a sudden, it dawns on Jesus that, you know what, these people are following after me, not because of who I am, but because of what I can do for them. They're here for free food. They're here for something that I can do, uh, touch them and physically heal them. They're not here for me. They're here for themselves. It's very, very selfish. Jesus then we, or actually, he doesn't say this, but he realizes that they're more fans than followers. And in John six sixty six, which I know, six six six, that's right. <laughs> we read this, and actually, I, I think this is pretty pretty amazing. It says because of what Jesus said, many of his disciples turned their backs on him and stopped following him. Jesus, throughout John six, is having this DTR. He just keeps saying, "Look, are you a fan? Are you following?" fan or your follower he keeps raising the bar he doesn't lower the bar and say look I, I want the crowd to keep following so i'm going to lower the bar so more and more people will get on board no he keeps raising the bar he keeps raising the standards and he says look i don't care about a big crowd i care about are you truly a follower or not again he wasn't interested in just simply having fans and so You've got to do a similar type of thing this morning. You've got to ask yourself, why am I here today? Why did you come? For some of you, it's, well, I really like the way that you teach, Gilbert. Or others of you, I really like the music. For some of you, it's, well, you give free coffee. For some of you, it's what we can do for your kids. Or maybe it's something that you think that we can do for you. You know, there, there's really nothing wrong with any of those things in and by, uh, by themselves. But at the end of the day, if you came for any reason this morning other than the fact that I want to worship the God of the universe and I desire to have an intimate relationship with Jesus and I want to be in a, a group of other people that feel the exact same way that I do because all week long I'm out in the big bad world out there where people don't love Jesus the way that I love Jesus and I, I just want to be amongst like-minded people and just worship Him with everything that I have. And I, I want to come in and learn how to be more like Him. If you came for any other reason than that this morning, then you came for the wrong reason. You're more a fan than you are a follower. So again, why are you here today? Why did you come? Because Jesus wants followers, not just fans. He wants people 
that are going to have a deep, intimate relationship with him. So that's the first question. Why am I here? Second question is this. Am I all in? Am I all in? Many of you know one of the ways that I've been developing relationships for the past couple of years with people that are far from God here in the Harrisburg area is I play in poker tournaments that are free to be in and they're in various uh, uh, restaurants that are here in the Harrisburg area. And, uh, you know, when you're playing poker, even if you've never played it before, you've probably heard this term before of all in. And what that basically means is this, that you get to a point in the tournament where you've got your cards and you're so committed to that hand and you so believe that it's the winning hand that you say, you know what, I'm going to risk it all. I'm not just going to bet part of my chips that I have, but I'm going to bet every single chip that I have that this is the winning hand and you announce that I'm all in and you push all your chips into the center of the table. Basically, if you're right, you win. If you're wrong, your tournament is done. And see, Jesus is looking for the same thing from you and I. He's not looking for just a a casual relationship where you're just like sort of partially in. No, he wants you to be all in. He wants every single part of you. He, He doesn't want just half of you. He doesn't want, you know, 99.9% of you. He wants all of you. He wants 100% commitment, 100% devotion. He wants you to be all in. You say, man, I'm pushing all my chips into the center of the table in this Jesus guy. I'm staking my whole life. I'm staking my whole eternity on it. That he is who he says that he is. And that he can do for me all the things that he says that he'll do. But you know, so often in life, we're afraid of 100% commitment, aren't we? I mean, just our society in general, just commitment and and being all in, it's just such a a hard thing. And again, we try to do that in our relationship with Jesus that we'll go, well, you know what, I I want the benefits of following Jesus. You know, I I want heaven, I want forgiveness of my sins, but uh, please don't ask me to forgive other people. Don't ask me to let go of bitterness and resentment against somebody else. Or we're like, you know, I I want the the benefits of following Jesus. I want peace in my life and I want love and the joy that he offers. But, you know, please don't ask me to give any money. Or, you know, please don't ask me to stay sexually pure in the way that God's word says that I should be. You know, please don't ask me to honor the Sabbath day. See, people want to follow Jesus in the way that they want to follow him. People say, I'll follow as long as it's convenient for me. I'll follow as long as I still feel comfortable. I'll follow as long as it doesn't, you know, go against something that I don't believe in or I don't personally agree with. See, I see this so many times from quote-unquote Christians that they're like, well, I know God's word says it, but that's just not convenient for me or that's just not comfortable for me. So in that area... I'm going to choose to do my own thing. Guess what? That makes you a fan. Jesus isn't interested in fans. In fact, if you're a fan, you may not even be a Christian. See, Jesus said, if you truly love me, you'll obey what I command. And so when we say that, oh, I love Jesus, and we say it only because I want to get a, get a hell out, get out of hell free card, well, that's not true love. 
that's just trying to get something from Jesus, like the fans in the Bible were doing, that they were only there because of what Jesus could do for them. Again, yes, Jesus wants to forgive you of your sins, but what he really wants is an intimate relationship with you. So you've got to ask yourself, am I all in or not? Because Jesus gave everything that he had, his body, his life, so he could have a relationship with you, and now he expects the exact same thing in return, that you'll give your whole life back to him. Here's what he actually said, Matthew 22:37. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Notice it doesn't say some of your heart, some of your mind, some of your soul. No, it says all of it. Jesus wants all of you. So the second question you've got to ask is, am I all in? Here's the third question. Have I made Christianity my own? Have I made Christianity my own? You know, many of you may have started attending either this church or just any church, it could have been as a kid, could have been as an adult, because somebody else really wanted you to be there. Maybe it was your mom or your dad, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, that they kept begging you, please come to church, please come to church, please come to church. And finally they wore you down and you showed up. You, you came basically to appease them. And, you know, it's good that you started doing that. However, if that's all the deeper it ever got for you, you're in a very, very dangerous place because it's easy to slip into just simply becoming a fan of Jesus. Let me explain it for you this way. Many of you know I hate, I mean hate with a capital H, country music. Yeah, yeah. thank you whoever's applauding over there. I hate it. My best friend in college started dating a girl who loved country music. And their sort of, you know how couples have their couple song? Their song was a country music song by John Michael Montgomery called I Love the Way You Love Me. Now, he made a mixtape. You know how we used to, when we had tape, cassette tapes, remember how we used to make mixtapes for our girlfriends, right, and stuff? Well, he, he puts this on a mixtape for her. Well, Troy would also make these mixtapes for us to play in the car as we'd be driving down the road, okay? And so here we are, we're driving down the road, and imagine my surprise when in the midst of Snoop Dogg, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, on comes, I love the way you love me. Well, I started picking on them, making fun of them and stuff. Well, we would take these tapes. He'd make a new one about every month. And so we'd listen to these things over and over and over and over again in the car. So what ends up happening was I hated it first. Eventually, I got to the point where I started to tolerate it. By the end of the month, we're like driving down. I'm going, I love the way you love me. I mean, I'm singing this thing, which is weird because, you know, I'm, there's a dude with me in the car, you know. <laughs> you know, we're driving down our, our road. We had what was called the dual highway, you know, and stuff. And you're supposed to, like, look cool, you know, driving down the dual highway, waving to all the girls, you know, and stuff. And I love the way you love me. <laughs> Got to the point where I actually put it on a mixtape for Lisa. 
So you might say that I had become somewhat of a fan of John Michael Montgomery in this particular song. And notice the progression. I went from despising something to tolerating it, you know, basically just putting up with it, to all of a sudden loving it. And see, my fear is some of you have done that exact same thing when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. You didn't want to come to church, but eventually you just got wore down and somebody drug you in. And you got here, you got wherever, and you're like, actually, this, this isn't too bad. And you started to tolerate it a little bit. And now you've gotten to the point where you come in on Sunday mornings and you even clap along to the songs. You may be even singing along to the songs. And, you know, some of the stories that I talk about in the Bible or some of the, the names, you're starting to actually recognize them a little bit. And you're like, man, this Jesus guy, he actually isn't so bad after all. And again, my fear is you become a fan of Jesus and not a follower of Jesus in the same way I became a fan of that song. See, ultimately, it comes down to this. A relationship with Jesus isn't you, your mom, and Jesus. It isn't you, your spouse, and Jesus. It's you and Jesus. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you have this intimate relationship with Jesus where you're all in, where you've given it everything that you've got? Again, Jesus sort of talks about this in Luke fourteen twenty six. He says, if you want to be my disciple... In other words, if, if you want to be a true follower, not just a fan, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross, in other words, unless you go all in and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. See now why I said that Jesus' teachings were pretty hard. That when he had these big crowds, he's saying, look, you've got to hate your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and your kids. You've got to even hate your own life more than you, hate, or, uh, more than you uh, love. I mean, th- this is tough. This wasn't people going, oh, this is a really good feel-good message today. I think I'm coming back next week. See now why it says that many people turned and decided not to follow anymore? The standards of being a follower of Jesus are really, really, really high. And again, he's not interested in you just simply being a fan. He wants to define the relationship with you. Are you a fan or are you a follower? So again, that's what we're going to take these next six weeks to look at. Here's what I want you to do. A couple action steps for you. First one is this. This week, do some serious business with God on this whole issue of these three questions. Why do I show up on Sunday mornings? Why am I here? What's my true motivation for coming? Number two then, am I really all in or is there parts that I'm holding back from Jesus? And then number three, have I made Christianity my own? Or am I just sort of hanging on to the coattails of somebody else and I'm only really involved because of somebody else? So do that personally. And then here's something else. If you haven't signed up for it yet, on the back of your connection card there, we're putting together a special devotional just for this series. Chad's putting it together, and you're going to be getting it each and every day 
But here's where it's going to be different than what we've done in the past with the Daily Blend. You're actually going to have three just brief little sentences that you're going to reflect on. One in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then one in the evening. We want you to interact with this whole thought of being a fan or a follower all day long, all week long. And so they'll just be little simple things for you to, to just reflect on and some questions that you need to be asking about your own life throughout the day and throughout the week. So make sure you check that off if you haven't already. And again, the other thing you need to do is, and again, it's there on the back of your connection card, is if you're not already a part of a life group, you're really not going to get the full gist of this series unless you get into one of these life groups. So just try it for six weeks. There's many options there that you can choose from. What you'll do is you'll get to somebody's house. They're going to plug in the DVD. The, the guy that you saw earlier, Kyle Eidelman, he's going to give a, a brief little teaching talking about basically unpacking what I talked to you about today. And then as a group, you'll be able to discuss it a little bit more. And you can share as much of your life as you feel comfortable with. You know, if at first you just want to hang back and, and build up some trust with people, that's fine. If you're ready to just say, hey, I, I realized I'm a fan and, man, I need you guys to help me because, man, I'm ready to go all in with Jesus, then if you feel comfortable doing that, again, share as much as what you feel comfortable with the group. But we really think that this whole group thing is going to be something that will help you get to that next level in your relationship with Christ. All right, so three things. Do some business with God on these three questions. Sign up for the daily devotional. Make sure you get a part of one of the life groups. All right, let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you, uh, first of all, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. And we know that uh, without that, we can't be saved. We, we can't have a relationship with you, God, because our sinfulness blocks that. And so, Lord, in that way, we do need that from you. But, Lord, help us not to be selfish. Help us not to just accept what you can do for us and not invest in the relationship back. Help this to be an equal partnership with you where we love you just as much as you love us, where we go all in and say, Here's my heart, here's my soul, here's my mind, here's my strength, here's every part of me, here's my hands, here's my feet. God, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll go where you want me to go, I'm going to say whatever it is you want me to say. Because Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in. Lord, I pray that this morning as we've talked about this difference between being a fan and being a follower, that your spirit has convicted us in the areas that maybe we're falling short. And Lord, help us just to make the vow that I'm going to stick with this series over these next couple of weeks and I'm going to read each and every one of the devotions and I'm going to be in each and every one of these life groups. And I'm going to do my best to, to define the relationship with Jesus over these next six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, I'm going to make the decision either to end my relationship with Christ and admit that Jesus, you know, it's just, it's not you, it's me. And it's just, you know, I'm looking for more of a fling and you're looking for something serious. But, Lord, I pray that we would get to the end of the six weeks and we'd say, no, I, I'm all in. I, I'm all in. Jesus, you have all of me. Not part of me, all of me. And Lord, again, I realize that maybe we can't make that decision this morning. But help us. Help us to be committed to this six-week journey that we're going on together to see where we're at in our relationship with you.
God, I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives over these next six weeks. Be with us now. Be with us, just as you promised, to lead and guide and direct us in all that we do. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.